0: I'm really excited to announce our very first sponsor of Exponentially Empowered, which is the DROM dating app. I know the founder of this product personally. He is all about growth mindset and our message on this show to build a beautiful new world. And this app can contribute to that because most dating apps suck. They're basically fast food face swiping apps. It's not based on the inner world. It's not based on core values. And drum changes all that, where you can create deal breakers such as growth mindset or political philosophy or religion or how to raise children, any core values. You can match with someone anywhere in the world, not just in your geographic location, anywhere in the world in order to connect with someone with your core values. So what if you could say, only show me people with a growth mindset who want kids and want to unschool them. That sounds phenomenal. And the other thing is, it's only video based. There's no pictures. There's no texts. It's only video profiles and video chats. So this is more human. and reduces disappointment when you do meet in real life. DROM lets you design your perfect match. There are no experts in match percentages. You pick exactly what you want, and you only get those matches. If you don't find a deal breaker or a deal maker that's important to you, you can add your own, and everybody sees it once it's approved. DROM is totally free. It's on Apple and Android phones and tablets. If you want to install the app, go to DROM.date slash empowered. Click the Apple or Android button. Use the invite code empowered to sign up. That's D-R-O-M dot D-A-T-E slash empowered. Use the invite code empowered. Get signed up, design, and create your perfect match. Hey everyone, it's Joel, Exponentially Empowered Podcast, episode 63. Hope you are feeling alive, excited, peaceful, grounded and taking time to take care of self and live with purpose. Speaking of purpose, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Never talked about this in the show. We'll find out why I particularly want to talk about sex as it relates to the message of our show. But let's think about that word sex what do you feel when I say that word sex it's funny because it seems in our culture that most people depending on their own comfort their own security in themselves will have a squeamish reaction to the word in any context maybe I'm projecting because I know that I've experienced that but I think that's safe to say that because there's so much repression in our culture, growing up in school, can't talk about sex, but yeah, there's, it's a funny thing that there's such a connotation to even the word, the topic. Whereas if you compare that to the word violence or the concept of violence, People are kind of accustomed to that, right? Well, the news cycle's spouting off violence left and right. The news cycle's not talking about sex. The media's not talking about sex left and right. Yeah, you have sort of advertisements and and movies are full of sex and hints, and yet it's subtle, right? It's not explicitly talked about. You'll have an advertisement, a billboard with an attractive woman on it, but violence is just talked about. It's just shown left and right in movies. So do this thought experiment in that vein where let's talk about parenting, right? So imagine you're a parent or maybe you are a parent and you see your 13 year old son, is watching a movie with a sex scene. How do you feel about that? Versus you see your 13-year-old boy is watching a movie with violence in it. How do you feel about that? I think most people in the culture, when they would see their son watching the violent scene would be like, yeah, that's not ideal. Violence isn't great, but it's ubiquitous, right? It's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. It's, I mean, it's likely that that movie is rated PG 13 and the movie with the sex scene is rated R. Even PG, there's going to be violent scenes. There's going to be people punching people. It seems it's more comfortable in our top, in our culture for that topic to come up. But I think many parents, if they saw the, their son watching the sex scene and be like, Whoa, I'm not sure about that. Especially if there hasn't been a conversation about these things or consciousness brought to it, right? Because there's so often suppression and repression about sex. How many of us, didn't really receive open conversations growing up about the topic. And this connects to the shame. The shame attached to sex in the culture, largely rooted in Puritanism and this religious context of sex is bad, sex is of the body, and is only a necessary means for procreation and actually enjoying and partaking in it for pleasure's sake is not not a value, right? And all this fear and punishment about it, about masturbation, being banned and you'll go to you'll go to hell, right? There's these cultural roots. Now, Western culture is complex and multifaceted. Yet this Puritan root is at the the heart of American culture in particular, right? From the 1600s. I'm not an authority on this topic, but I have come across the work of Thaddeus Russell, who's an historian and he does unregistered podcasts. And this is his domain, talking about the body and pleasure and letting go of shame in our culture. And so, yeah, this is sort of an alienation that we have with the body and pleasure. And so there's a lot of shame that's attached to it. Shame being you're a bad person if you think about sex, right? Sex is bad. There's these beliefs in our heads, it's conditioning It's passed down. Sex is bad. Sex is immoral. Sex is not productive, or pleasure is not productive. You need to be working, right? So, this is Puritanism as well the Puritan work ethic of work for work's sake. So, lounging or leisure or fun or pleasure is not work, right? So, we need to be dutiful. Sons of God, right? Dutiful citizens and get to work. And that's, I say citizens because that connects right to the schooling experience, which is Puritan as well. Be obedient, be a dutiful citizen, get to work. Puritan work ethic is ingrained in that school environment as well because it's not based on intrinsic motivation. The joy of work, play, fun, pleasure, in productive pursuits, but rather just be productive, regardless if it's a drudgery or not. So it's worth being mindful of the historical roots in the culture of shame, work ethic, denial of the body. And it's sad, right? Because going back to that thought experiment about the sun watching the sex scene versus the violent scene. Sex is lovemaking is creating life is beautiful and pleasurable and joyous. Violence is destroying life. Yet in our culture, violence seems to be, more okay to discuss, to show. That's pretty twisted in a sense. It's pretty tragic. What if we could build the new new world where sex, pleasure, openness is celebrated most? So this goes back to the self, right? This goes right back to... Self-integration, self-work, self-connection, self-esteem, inner visibility of the parts of you. So the reason that the shame persists in the culture is that individuals have not connected to that part, the part of themselves that feels ashamed about sex. And so what can we do? We can... Attune to that part, introspect and observe and dialogue with that part and shine, let empathy perhaps do some belief work around that shameful part, with that shameful part, so that we can integrate and be secure. Right? Integrate. Means bringing in these fragmented parts, these exiled parts that are scared, that are ashamed, and bringing them back into the true self so that we are integrated and secure and grounded. And we won't be triggered. We won't be feeling vulnerable and uncomfortable and ashamed when we hear the word sex when we do that. I want to read a passage from Nathaniel Brandon's book, The Psychology of Romantic Love, which is an incredible book. And on page 75, he has a subheading of sex and self-celebration. And so in this passage, he writes, The intimacy and intensity of the pleasure and joy that sex potentially affords are the reason for its power in our lives sex is unique among pleasures in its integration of body and mind it integrates perceptions emotions values and thoughts it offers us the most intense form of experience in our own total being of our deepest and most intimate sense of self such and this must be emphasized is the potential of sex when and to the extent that the experience is not diluted and undercut by conflict, guilt, alienation from one's partner, and so forth. In sex, one's own person becomes a direct, immediate source, vehicle, and embodiment of pleasure. Sex offers a direct sensory confirmation of the fact that happiness is possible. In sex, more than in any other activity, one experiences the fact that one is an end in oneself and that the purpose of life is one's own happiness. So it connects to the self-esteem fundamentals. And as Brennan defined, self-esteem is the confidence to tackle life's challenges coupled with the belief that one is worthy of happiness. So when we... Fundamentally believe we're worthy of happiness and celebrate the self as opposed to denying the self. Then sex becomes a mind-body integration. Sadly, in our culture, so many people are disassociated from their own mind and psyche and true self. They're denying and disowning the parts of self, yet the sexual need persists And so sex becomes strictly a bodily experience that is also (laughs) coupled with shame and guilt. So there's a lot of conflict happening for people. Yet when we can become conscious of all parts and welcome all parts and become integrated in the mind and value oneself, then there's no conflict then the sexual act is celebration. It is a peak experience without guilt, without shame, of celebration, of pleasure, of intimacy, of love, of connection, of visibility. This is another incredible point that Brennan brings up in this book. The principle of psychological visibility, when you are seen, your true self is seen because someone else understands you, you both engage in the thinking process. You are connected to oneself. And when each person does that, then visibility is possible. And that's the highest form is the sexual experience, you might say. This is why Brendan says in that passage, Experiencing our most intimate sense of self is the potential of sex when and to the extent that the experience is not undercut by conflict and guilt and so forth. So it's quite fruitful territory to examine your personal philosophical relationship with sex and self so that you can enjoy it truly. Release the shame and celebrate life and just one last point about this duality or dichotomy of sex versus violence again, the violence is more ubiquitous because people are very commonly in denial of themselves and disassociated and how does war and violence persist in the culture? It's through denying oneself. Through cut off alienation of the parts, so that one cannot empathize with another. If you're disassociated from your true self, you're not really feeling your feelings, it's much easier to kill someone else. When someone goes to war, And they're denying themselves, dedicating and losing themselves to the collective of the country out of duty. Well, you're playing a role. You're a false self. You're not actually seeing that other human for who they are. And you are able to murder them because you are disconnected from self. Healthy relationship with sex is the antithesis of that, where you are integrated, living the self-esteem six pillars of consciousness, acceptance, responsibility, assertiveness, purpose, and integrity. Being an honest person, inside and out, valuing life from the inside. This is when... The sexual experience can be the full integration of mind and body, to be seen, to experience intimacy through the soul, not only the body, celebrating the body, but it's both and. That is worth striving for.